Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. That is what's going on. I'm I'm excited. It's it's been a desert for content. A desert for content. And we spoke about this in the beginning of the episode. It seems like the Houston Texans have this team under wraps right now. Today, which is I think the second week of OTAs for the Texans, and this is the most maybe most media coverage we have gotten. And it was only maybe 20 minutes throughout the day. The Houston Texans right now are under wraps. Everything's secretive. This is classic, classic New England style kind of stuff that's coming out. I mean, the media is, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, like last week they were told they only get like 30 minutes to an hour of access. And then, boom, you got to put the cameras up. You know, like, damn, man. Come on, I'm, I'm 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 salivating over here, man. I'm getting I'm getting a little football horny looking at these guys. Yeah, no, the excitement is at an all time high. Some of the uh, people who are absent today, also OTAs, were voluntary today. Laramie Tunsil, Kenyon Green, but that he is rehabbing from a knee surgery in the offseason. Steven Nelson, Denzel Perriman, Garrett Wallow. Malik Collins, Sheldon Rankings, veterans all outside of Kenyon Green. Um, D'Amico spoke about Kenyon Green. He said that every day he is getting stronger. He is getting better. You know, he is trying to get on track for training camp. Harley, how do you feel so far about Lerman Tunso not being there? Don't care. He's a professional. We already know. He's already got paid. It'd be different if he didn't get paid. He's already got paid. He's he's a guy – Laramie Tunsil is one of those just athletic guys that's going to come in and boom, he's back to doing what he's doing. Um, And and I can't wait for the mandatory stuff because, you know, a good matchup of him, Will Anderson, him, Jonathan Bernard, him, Jerry Hughes, like especially Will Anderson and Dylan Horton maybe, uh, you know, get some of them younger guys to go up against Laramie Tunsil. We're going to see how quick Will Anderson is all about it. No, for sure. And, you know, before we get started on OTA today, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Jump into the action right now, guys. Go on your mobile phone or laptop. Use our promo code BLEAV and get 50% off your first deposit. Now, DeAndre Hopkins was released yesterday by the Arizona Cardinals, Harley. And this man is being, he is being DeAndre Hopkins. Very cryptic. He took a picture outside of NRG Stadium and the song on the dashboard was called Short Term Memories. There was also a post on Facebook by a by a Terrence Johnson and he saw DeAndre Hopkins at a gas station and he's like, so you coming back or what? And what did DeAndre say? I'm here, ain't I? At the end of the day, I do not think DeAndre Hopkins becomes a Houston Texan. However, if you want your guy, Harley, go out and get your guy. I have no problem with it. I'd be a hypocrite to say otherwise. You want to go get your guy? Go ahead and do it right now. DeAndre Hopkins, as much as he's trolling the city of Houston and Texans fans about a potential reunion and a return, I, I would I would love for it to happen. I would be in open arms. It just makes C.J. Stroud better. It makes this white receiving uh, group, it makes them better. Like This is a no-brainer decision if the Texans want to venture into DeAndre Hopkins. But obviously, we already know, stemming all the way back from the podcast, I am an athlete. You know, he already mentioned that he's not willing to look at rookie quarterbacks or go down that road. 
Yeah, no, he wants to get a ring. That's why we are hearing teams like the Chiefs, like the Bills. That would be crazy for Dehab. Go out there and get your ring. 20 million dead cap for the Arizona Cardinals. That is absolutely atrocious, man. They are becoming a joke of a franchise. But going back to OTAs, Harley, react to this by DJB Enemy. Rookie quarterback CJ Stroud ran with the ones today, right? That was already a big issue. Stroud had a few deep completions during team seven on seven to wide receiver Nico Collins. He had a 40-yard bomb to Nico during seven on seven. And during a two-minute drill, Stroud drove the offense into field goal range and Fairbairn nailed it. It sounds like CJ is playing real good so far on LTAs. So, look, what we already knew was CJ Stroud was the most accurate passer to come out in college, okay? And, and when you look at the stats, you look at quarterbacks that have came out, and I, I did this, this little thing. I haven't tweeted it out yet, but I did this little experiment of, College quarterbacks, I believe it's the last five years. I'd have to look at it again. I don't have my phone in front of me. Um, but he is tied for first with Tua in terms of quarterback completion percentage. Mm. Accuracy, right? C.J. Stroud had almost a 70% completion percentage in college. There's Obviously, is going to translate into the NFL. It's looking good for him. He did a great job from what I'm seeing around from DJ Bienname, Brooks Cabina, and everyone else here in local media. Hey, this is what we want to see. This is what we want to hear. Obviously, you know, the guy he threw it to Nico Collins was over some nobody that I've never heard of. And I think it was Kobe Francis or whatever. Yeah. I've never heard of the dude in my life. So, you know, we'll get, we'll get to see it later, a little bit later on. But it's good to hear this early on. And it's good to, you know, get these crumbs and and feed off it. No, and it's also good to hear that Nico Collins had a couple big plays today. We talked about it last week, man. You even said it yourself that Nico Collins right now is playing for a roster spot, and he, outside of Tank Dell, those were the only two wide receivers of note that were mentioned multiple times by different media people. Shout out to Nico Collins. He has a big year three, and DJ Bienemy, he followed that up on Shroud by saying, one play in seven-on-seven seven uh, by Stroud that moved me was he threw to Pierce mm -hmm. a wheel route, but I think that was his second read as I think his eyes were set on another wide receiver who ran an in-breaking route but quickly saw he was doubled by the safety and cornerback, moved off it, and floated it to Damian Pierce. Good processing. The, the pass did fall complete, though, but it looks like C.J. Stroud is progressing, and we heard that last week he did struggle at some times but stayed after with, you know, with the secondary, with coaches, and it seems like there's already a little improvement from C.J. Stroud. That is fantastic here. I saw it on Twitter. DJ enemy has been all over it. Go ahead and give him a him. follow. If you're not following him, give him a follow. You will get – a lot of Texans content from him. He's doing a fantastic job so far so early. Um, but, yeah, C.J. Stroud, hey, if going by the enemy and what he says, yeah, if he's going to read the, you know, the successions and read the routes and, oh, okay, this guy got double teamed, okay, who else? Oh, Pierce is doing a wheel route for me. Let me, boom, pop it over the top. Yeah, it fell incomplete, you know, but – 
That's what you like to see. It's the little victories. That's what you want in OTAs and in practice. You want the little victories. And then obviously, once you get moving on forward, okay, now you need to make a complete pass. Now you need to get to your read faster. Now you need to, Mm -hmm. you know, things are going to pick up for them. All right. And I get a lot of YouTube comments saying, oh, they're not really. They don't look fast. Oh, Pierce looks slow. Will Anderson is not isn't fast. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, guys, they're not going 150. Yeah. You know, like they're barely going through it right now. Okay, like well, let's give it a break. C.J. Stroud looked good. It's great to hear this. And, and you mentioned the stuff about uh, him progressing and him talking to the secondaries. Uh, we, we heard Matt Burke today. Yeah. Live with the Houston Texans. And I mean, that just got me excited, mm-hmm. you know, with CJ Stroud going up to him and talking to him about defensive alignment and the defensive schemes and, you know, what he saw versus what Matt Burke was playing, you know, like that's what you want to know. And CJ mm-hmm. Stroud admitted that he was a little confused and there's nothing wrong with that. Admit it right now. Okay. Before your week one against the Baltimore Ravens and a solid defense and you're confused on the defensive scheme and you're not saying anything, buddy. You got to do it right now. He already did. I'm excited about it. Good. It's good. It's good news for Texans fans. No, CJ's doing all the right things, and it's not even training camp. Yeah. You know, D'Amico Ryan spoke about him. He said CJ Stroud's command of the huddle this week has been eye-opening how on it he was. He's definitely progressing in the right direction, and sky is the limit for him. I say this almost every single time. The more I hear about CJ Stroud, the more I fall in love with them. And it was, you know, it's it's kind of going against what we heard about him in college, right? It was it was Bryce Young being the guy that's always on it, always trying to get better. But it's CJ as well. And one thing that I do like is he is being humble, right? He is going out there, like you mentioned, admitting that he did mess up or, you know, he doesn't know everything just yet. I think that shows great leadership and something else that popped out to me, man, is that Derek Stingley is jacked as hell. And it got me thinking about, man, (coughs) I'm sorry. This might be an all pro season for him, dude. Yeah, man. Look, the NFL's they're they're, going to have to, they're gonna have to do a little little substance abuse with him. Okay, they're they're gonna have to they're gonna have to drug test him. All right, he he looks jacked. He looks different. He looks ready, and that's the biggest thing. He looks ready to prove to everyone. There's there's a we know them. There's a lot of Derek Stingley hate stemming from up northeast in the New York mm-hmm. Jets because of Sauce Gardner. He went number three. He was an all-pro rookie. Oh, my God. He's better than Derek Stingley. Stingley's a bust. Oh, mm. my goodness. Like, God, guys, you know, it's a rookie year. You got to calm down. You got to <laughs> let the progression continue. You got to let the potential keep going. Derek Stingley was picked higher than Sauce Gardner for a reason. Yes. And I'm sorry, I will stick by it. I wanted Derek Stingley over Sauce Gardner. Mm. I thought Sauce Gardner, yeah, sure. Did he fit Lovey Smith's scheme? Yes, he did. He fit it better than Derek Stingley. But I knew Lovey Smith was not the future of this team. Nope. And I knew that scheme 
was that Jurassic World damn scheme that he plays of a Tampa 2 was not going to last. So why pick him when you can pick someone with the potential of Derek Stingley? He's looked fantastic. I'm excited to see what he has in store for us this year. Yeah, no, I think this whole secondary is going to be crazy. We heard mm-hmm. that Jimmy uh, Jimmy Ward looks like he is 25 years old out there. We've mm-hmm. been hearing great things about Jalen Petrie and how he's, he is making plays mm-hmm. all over the field. Jalen Petrie, man, mm-hmm. I think you talked about Derek Stingley, you know, being something in year two. Just imagine mm-hmm. what Jalen Petrie is going to be. And one thing that I like so far um, is I like how Matt Burke talks. You know, he's... He understands his defense. He understands he plays, but it looks like he understands them on a more personal level, right? He said today that, you know, that right now he is calling the plays, but during the season, you know, you know that is still up in the air. How do you feel about Mac Burke right now calling plays? Because I think this is just going to be how it is during the whole season. Um, I'm still questionable mm. on the whole Matt Burke calling plays. I still do believe that it's going to be D'Amico Ryan's. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and, and it's nothing to discredit what Mac Burke said today. Like he got me excited, you yeah. know, and, and he could prove me wrong. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe players obviously in a really good head coach and a surrounding coaching staff that's really seems to be on paper really good. You know, maybe that helps Matt Burke to become a better coordinator. Um, his recent success or actually not success, his recent uh, failures as a defensive coordinator was not pretty, okay? Mm. You know, and it was okay. It was average, a little below average at times, you know. So I'm not going, you know, crazy about him if he is the one calling plays. I still do believe it's D'Amico Ryans. But Matt Burt, there is some excitement to get around what he said today. You can get extremely extremely excited as a Texans fan with mm-hmm. his talks around Jimmy Ward, like you said, Jalen Petrie and CJ Stroud. Those are the three that I took away and was like, yep, I need more of this. I am hungry. Feed me more. I'm loving what you're feeding me right now. I, I'll take all the content he's give, he's throwing out there for the Texans. Play caller? I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, no. Um, The one thing I – like. I do like is that we heard that today on 11 on 11s that the secondary was just on point. And I think about what that does for the development of CJ Stroud and these young wide receivers. You know, they said it all last year that iron sharpens iron. Well, it's going to translate right here. I think this might be the best secondary that the Texans had in a numerous, you know, amount of years and just shout out for them to finally get in it right. Switching back to the offense, I'm not sure if you, you know, if you listen to Bobby Slowak, but he said when he started out as an assistant in San Francisco, he watched a lot of the Houston Texans cut up films of Andre Johnson, Matt Schaub, David Anderson. Harley, let me ask you a question. As a Texans fan, what to you was the best offense that the Houston Texans ever had? Gary Kubiak, plain Mm. and simple. Say it louder. Gary fucking Kubiak. What was that? That that, that, that was the offense. That was it, man. That was the year. The year was game one, Indianapolis Colts. Arian Foster said, hey, let me introduce myself 
to the Colts and the rest of the NFL, okay? And let me have my breakout game. And we rolled that year. Oh, we rolled, we rolled, we rolled. It sucked that Schaub had got that damn injury when he did it. it whatever. I, I don't like to dwell on it too much because it really upsets me. And I can, I can I can turn the, the 50 miles an hour to 100 because I get really upset when I think about that year. I really do. Okay, and I really do think about Jacoby Jones a lot. Okay, muffing that damn pun against the Baltimore Ravens. I, Shout out to I, Jacoby, Super Bowl MVP with the Baltimore with Ravens. the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, no a special teams dynamo for the Ravens couldn't do crap here in Houston. Anyway, Bobby that Slowick. Offense, that offense was magical, man. And Bobby Slowick, in not to cut you off, but Bobby Slowick, uh, for him to. Him and he's talking about Kyle Shanahan too. Mm. They're looking at clips from the 49 the 49ers are looking at clips at Daddy Kubiak and going, Yep, we'll take this, we're gonna take this, we're gonna take this. Okay, now we're gonna do the exact same thing. Oh, wait, it's a little bit different now in the NFL. So we're gonna adjust it and we're gonna tailor make it into today's NFL. Thank you. That is what I've been wanting from coaching. That is what we've all been asking for. That is all I've ever wanted is a damn coach to adjust to today's NFL. Thank you. I appreciate it. Bobby Slowick, he's already he's already the, the second best offensive coordinator ever for the Houston Texans. No, it follows that up by saying he still studies older Texans films of the Gary Kubiak offense. Look, that excites me, man, right? It goes back to the reunion of H-Town and you going back to the Mm. glory days, right? You showing CJ Stroud pictures, I'm sorry, videos of Matt Schaub, Andre, Aaron Foster doing the damn thing. You're going to see the crowd packed as hell. And and CJ Stroud is going to say, I am going to be doing that here in Houston. And like I said, that gets me so excited. And hardly nothing has gone, has gone wrong so far this off season for the Houston Texans. It's getting me scary. As Houston sports fans, it should get you scared. We know too much pain, and we know that we should not get our hopes up. Mm. But damn it, why not? Like, let's have some optimism for once. Let me give you some more. Let's sip some Kool-Aid. OC Bobby Slowick said, wide receiver Tank Dell doesn't blink on the field because he's been taking the coaching really well. Very natural separator. And he's hit the ground running. Mm. You are talking about someone who was a dynamic wide receiver in college who had, I think it was 17 touchdowns in a season and 10 of them in the last 10 who in that UTSA game that went to double overtime, he had the toe tap on the sideline and won me $300. Tank Dell. Bringing that here to Houston. Love that money. I love that money. I think this Houston Texans team is going to be money. Speaking of money, what a great segue. Shout out to WWE for Night of Champions. Oof, big time. I love it. Love the bloodline. It. The bloodline. Dude, best storyline on TV. The Houston Texans have invested $66 million into their offensive line. The most in the NFL. 
they gave Lermit Tunsil a huge extension, which he <laughs> absolutely deserves. He deserves to be the highest paid left tackle in the NFL. You gave Shaq Mason, who you just traded for, a three-year, $36 million a couple of weeks ago. Now your right tackle, Titus Howard, who has finally found his home at right tackle. Remember, his first four years, it was, I am going to play him all over the offensive line. Hey, he started being a left guard right by Lermonton. So remember that game against the Chargers where they absolutely shut down Joey Bosa? Yes, yes, yes. He's finally found a home at right tackle. Texans cap has oh, estimated a 17 to $18 million deal for Titus Howard. And in my opinion, if you want to protect your franchise quarterback and you have almost $131 million next year, the Houston Texans will have the highest cap space in the NFL next year. You go out there and sign Titus Howard. This is a no-brainer here. You are protecting your franchise quarterback. I saw David Carr get murdered. I saw Deshaun Watson get murdered. I am not going to see that with CJ shouting right now. Everything the Texans have done this offseason has showed that that is not going to happen. They also traded up for Drew Scruggs from Penn State, who broke his back and came back and won, you know, one of the best centers in college football. They drafted James Patterson in the sixth round from Notre Dame, who could be center slash guard. I think the offensive line is going to be huge for the Houston Texans. But when it comes to Titus Howard, it is a no-brainer that the Texans need to re-sign him. And I think sooner rather than later. Yeah, I would rather it be sooner rather than later, too. Uh, Just because you don't want that uncertainty of, okay, Titus Howard's going to ball out this year because it's a contract year even more, and he's going to drive that price up. And then Mm -hmm. you're going, okay, I don't want to make him the highest paid right tackle Mm -hmm. in the league. That's Lane Johnson. He's getting paid, according to over the cap, he's getting paid $20.5 million. So if Texans cap, who he works for over the cap uh, or does stuff for them, uh, the Texans cap space with them, he said fifteen to eighteen million. You're looking in the range of let us see here. If it's eighteen million, you're looking at a Mike McGlinchey, the mm. right tackle, I believe, for the Falcons. I could be wrong about that. Um, Braden Smith for the Colts, obviously, is another one up there. Fifteen million. You're looking at Jack Conklin. You know, and, and these these names are renowned names. Ryan Ramchick of the Saints. I mean. These are some known names around the league. I already mentioned Lane Johnson as the highest paid. Second highest is Jawan Taylor, also at $20 million. If this is what you want, then yeah, I don't have no problem with it. I really mm. don't. Um, man, it just it feels a little steep. No, it, it does. And I think... CJ Shroud being in the center makes it a little bit more harder because I do not want this guy to get an injury, dude. Like I've the Houston Texans have already had this is potentially the third franchise quarterback. You have to hit on one of them. If you are choosing once again to let Titus Howard walk in the off season, I would say that is the biggest L right now. Yeah, yeah, I guess you can't do that. I just, you know, 
You have the money, and yeah, you do, you do, you do. I don't have no problem with. I just man, it's you're looking at paying Titus Howard almost top five right tackle money, and that's even more money invested into the offensive line. Which and the second is I think forty six million by the Detroit Lions. Yeah. So, do the Houston Texans want to be, you know, the number one highest paid offensive line by a wide margin? Well, they need to produce on. I have no problem making, you know, Titus Howard one of the top paid if he goes out. Like, let's say we don't get a deal done by camp and he just goes out there and balls out a Pro Bowl type season. You might have to. Sure. Um. Man, you know, I, and I'm don't get me wrong, I am mm. leaning towards paying him. Okay, yeah, I, I love I Titus Howard, him. man. Yes, I'm a big Titus Howard fan. Uh, I was I was really, really high on him. I didn't know we were going to get him in the first round. Um, did not expect that. I know there was lots of people clamoring for Andre, Andre Dillard. Dillard, you know. Um, but I, I kept I kept an open mind and I was like, man, Titus Howard just kind of reminded me of Dwayne Brown, <laughs> like he had the same short arms, kind of short, you know. Uh, and not his movement like Dwayne Brown, but we've seen him hold his own. You mentioned Joey Bosa. Let me throw T.J. Watt. Anybody yep. remember that Steelers game where he held T.J. Watt to nothing, mm-hmm. nada. T.J. Watt, defense player of the year, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, the brother of J.J. Watt. All right, the and and yes, he plays pretty damn good. <laughs> and Titus Howard held his own. Titus Howard did amazing things when he got moved right back to his natural position. Thank God we don't have dumbasses running the offensive line coaching anymore. Thank goodness for that. I think Nick Casera is going to have to pony up and pay Titus Howard. I have no problem with it. If the going does get tough, you know, and and we're talking future. Okay, we're talking future. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You know, if the going gets tough, then, uh, you know, Titus Howard is younger. Tunsil's aging talking of future stop it texans fans don't get don't get it twisted the future Ooh, you know man, you, you can move titus howard to left tackle titus howard's played left tackle and he's done a very good job at it and you know if you want to save some money because you know cj stroud's gonna have to get paid in three to four years and we're not gonna get into too much we're not gonna get into that at all all right this is the future again you know, you have to you probably have to look at getting rid of a Laramie Tunsil in the future. You know, future, 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 future. And then, and this is all if everything goes according to plan, because that's telling me if I'm willing to do that move, it's because CJ Stroud. Break. Yeah, we got ourselves a quarterback. And yeah. then once you got yourself a quarterback, like I know you have to have a good offensive line, but if you have those type of quarterbacks, they make everyone else better. Look better. They and they get the ball out just a little bit faster. Mm. You know, and Joe Burrow, who we've seen, not, not even a good offensive line, average offensive line. And we've been, there is everyone in the NFL media has been clowning the Bengals about getting Jamar Chase and not getting Panay Sewell, the offensive tackle. They went to a Super Bowl. They've been to the AFC Championship game. It looks like they knew what they were doing. Joe Burrow's special. He gets the ball out fast. Yeah, does he get sacked? Sure, he does. But damn it, I'll take my chances with Joe Burrow at quarterback. Mm-hmm. We hope that CJ Stroud can do similar results. I'm excited to see what's going to go happen. Um, be- before we end, are there any remaining trade targets you would want to see the Houston Texans go after? Let me throw you one. 
Mike Evans and our guy Cody Stutes, mm-hmm. he mentioned it. I think it was yesterday or the day before. Mike Evans, one year left on his contract. He already has a Super Bowl ring. Where is he from, Harley? Galveston. He's from Galvi. We call it G-Town here. Shout out to mm. Toppers was last week. If you were there, you know what went down. <laughs> Nonetheless, right. Houston Texans should definitely be looking at trading for a Mike Evans, right? At this point in his career, he's not looking to win. He might be looking to come home. This is a guy who stays on the field, who has never had anything less than a 1,000 yards. Yep, We are talking about a potential Hall of Fame wide receiver here in Mike Evans, still only 29 years old. This is a 6'3 guy who could go up and get it, still has his speed. Mike Evans would be an underrated grab for the Houston Texans, and we just did a deal with them for Shaq Mason. Who knows what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would want for a Mike Evans. It was disgusting looking at Tampa Bay's videos. That's the reason why I'm talking. (laughs) Of the quarterbacks in Baker Mayfield, and I don't even know who the other one was. I assume it was Kyle Trask. Mm Mm-hmm. It was just, I mean, overthrowing Mike Evans, overthrowing other receivers, overthrowing Cameron Bray. And like, oh my goodness. The the passes are low, the passes are behind. These guys are still making the catches. I'm like, man, if I'm Mike Evans, get me the hell out of there and get me somewhere comfortable. Bring me home. You know, let, bring, bring me home real quick. Let me let me take a few miles out from Galveston. All right. It ain't no problem. Mike Evans, you know, if he doesn't want to live close to the stadium, no problem. He can live in League City. Ain't mm. that far away from Galveston. Ain't far away at all. You know, good good little drive. You know, decent little drive. I have no problem. I've been really, really yearning for some Mike Evans action. Mm. And, you know, that kind of trade transcends this team and it automatically puts them in a different stratosphere. Because if you're making that trade, you're telling me, boom, okay, you, we already know C.J. Stroud is going to be the guy. And, B, you're accelerating this rebuild, mm-hmm. which you, you've already done by trading away your pick. You got the Browns pick. You don't have yours. So you are ex- you got to accelerate the rebuild yep. some way, somehow. A Mike Evans trade definitely does that. We are all excited. We are nodding our heads in agreement. We all love a Mike Evans here in Houston. Yeah, I, I, I'm sold on that one. Give me him to H-Town immediately. And I just feel like this is the last thing for the Houston Texans to do, right? You know, I, I get a feeling that there's still some moves that are going to be made. Mm. Kind of like how I felt when, when you know, when we traded up. It felt like the Houston Texans weren't done. And Drew Doherty, he had a tweet out today. I think Bobby Slowick said something about a new addition. You know, I would love to add, like, a new addition to the D-line or something like that. But I feel like Nick Casario is still working. And I, I think it was Crump who put out the tweet where it was, like, the last uh, five rookie quarterbacks have had a number one wide receiver, have all flourished. You know, Justin Herbert had Keenan Allen, Mike Will, um, uh, Joe, I guess. Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow, yeah. Joe Burrow and uh, – Jamar Chase, Josh well, Allen, Stephon Diggs. Look at Tua last year. Got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. I mean, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I, many. <laughs> what does Mike Will cost the Houston Texans? I don't know. 
I'm willing to pony up. I'm willing to pony up. Harley, let them know where they can find you at. You can find me at the lead underscore H-O-U on Twitter. You could also type it in on YouTube for the handle. If you are interested, go ahead and subscribe mm. to the YouTube channel at the lead underscore H-O-U. We're on the road to 2,000 subscribers. One of lucky 2,000 subscribers will get tickets Ooh. to the Texans Colts season home opener. No, it's not preseason. It's not week one, two, or three. It is week two of the home opener, Texans, Colts. You get two tickets for free. Mm. All you got to do is subscribe to the lead and have yourselves a good time. Hopefully you get lucky, win that draw, get a few brewskis in you, and hopefully we beat the hell out of them damn Indianapolis Colts and we get a dub. And, hey, there's nothing better than getting a little drunk, watching your Texans Mm. on a Sunday afternoon, yelling at some Colts fans, and then watching the lead on YouTube. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing wrong. Shout out to the lead. Everyone else is doing preseason. My guy is doing C.J. Stroud, D'Amico Ryans, Bobby Slowick's first appearance as Houston Texans. Shout out to my guy, Harley. Follow me on Twitter at 713HSP on YouTube, the 713 Houston Sports. This was Believe in the Houston Texans. We'll be back next week with more OTAs update, and hopefully we find out about a potential move these Houston Texans do. Go Texans. Y'all have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon.